Welcome to Step Up Nigeria's podcast. Our podcast is an initiative built to create awareness of governance issues that highlight the cost of corruption and its impact on service delivery. Our podcast is also aimed at promoting values that would help to build a society of people with integrity and provide solutions to service delivery challenges faced by everyday Nigerians. My name is Fermi Adeola and I'm the host of this podcast. podcast today we'll be discussing why passing the federal audit bill is essential to the fight against corruption in Nigeria. We have two guests in the studio with us today discussing this topic. Um, I would like them to introduce themselves. We can start with Shagun. Yeah, thank you for having me um, step up Nigeria. Yeah, my name is Olu Shagun I'm the executive director of Paradigm Leadership Supports Initiative, PLSI. Uh, what PLSI does is to promote citizens' participation in the Nigerian public audit, uh, using it as a tool to foster good governance, accountability, and development in marginalized and underserved communities. Thank you. Thank you very much, Shagun. Please, you can go next. Okay, thank you, Ferami. My name is John Mutu. I'm the National Coordinator of Friends of Democracy. It's a network of uh, leaders of thought, professional uh, uh, groups, as well as former members of the National Assembly who have come together to continue to advocate for change in our governance system to improve good governance, to improve service delivery for the benefit of Nigerians. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, thank you, Shegwan. Thank you, uh, Mr. Mutu, for joining us today. Um, so as a brief introduction for our listeners, um, Federal Audit Bill began its journey to becoming law in um, 2018 uh, when we started this conversation about the Audit Bill. And civil society organizations, as you're aware, like yourselves, PLSI, CSJ, some other organizations, um, have been working towards advocacy to get this bill um, approved. Um, so in our conversation today, we're going to be talking about how the bill reached the office of the president but was never assented. Um, and we really want to ask the question today, why a bill that could revolutionize the anti-corruption fight in Nigeria has not been passed into law? Um, and why this law is essential in the fight against corruption? So I'll start with um, Shagun, please. Can you kindly give us an update on you know, the progress being made in the passage of the audit bill so far? Yeah, thank you once again, Ferromi, uh, for that question. Uh, with regards to the progress uh, being made or the progress that has been made so far, uh, I think um, you it, it would be best to re-emphasize again, uh, and I will sell this in different forums, uh, that yes, the National Assembly passed the bill, the 2018 Audit Service Commission bill, uh, in 2019, January, and was sent to the president for assent. Uh, the president uh, received it, or the presidency received that uh, bill that was passed by the National Assembly. But unfortunately, uh, uh, despite much advocacy from different stakeholder groups, uh, we couldn't get uh, the president to assent to the bill. And he, uh, at the end of the day, he neither assent nor uh, declined assent, uh, which means that he did not, uh, you know, send back to the National Assembly. Uh, the reason uh, or what has happened to the bill. So for us in the civil society committee, we actually do not know um, 
uh, officially would not have official communication as to what has happened to the bill. Of course, we could deduce uh, that the president uh, did not assent to it, but whether there is an official communication from the presidency, I, I think that is not available to, to, to us in the civil society. Uh, and then that has now brought us back to square one, uh, to then begin to uh, a fresh uh, advocacy uh, to getting the bill first to, to be laid before the uh, National Assembly and then the, all of that legislative activities again uh, around that bill then to be passed and then forward again to the president. I think that's where we are. Uh, I think um, uh, the current uh, situation is that uh, we're, we're kind of waiting go uh, from the executive uh, because they had mentioned that they, they have their own position as to what they feel uh, the content of the bill should look like. Uh, so all uh, stakeholders, particularly the parliament, is kind of waiting for the executive uh, to then uh, bring forward their own position of what the content should look like uh, so that they can then adjust to uh, or where they feel uh, this uh, contradicts the, kind, uh, the current uh, uh, bill that they have, then they can harmonize and, and then uh, get a go on the legislative activities that will be done such that when the bill then finally gets to the president, he doesn't back, hit that kind of brick wall that he hit last time. I think that's where we are currently. Thank you very much, Shagun, for that update. Um, I'd like to move to uh, Mr. Mutu next. Sir, in your opinion, why is passing the federal audit bill so essential to the fight against corruption in Nigeria? Yeah, thank you very much for that uh, very important question. And thanks, Shebun, for that eloquently put uh, background to this. Uh, for me, uh, the audit is designed to ensure that government officials, public officials, or those who are placed at the helms of managing public resources are held accountable, they utilize the resources that have been so generated and they are utilized in such a manner that leads to improvement in the delivery of public goods and services. The audit process by design is to ensure that people follow lay down rules and regulation in the way public resources are generated, the way they are utilized and the way they are accounted for. So it's a mechanism that is designed to prevent corruption, to deter public officers from going beyond the rules and regulations that has been set forth. Unfortunately, this preventive mechanism has not been effectively utilized by government both past and present to aid the fight against corruption. Rather, we've seen the current administration investing huge resources in uh, strengthening mechanisms that are meant to go after people who have already run foul of the law through, through the ICPC, through the EFCC, through other mechanisms to hold people to prosecute offenders and maybe try to recover looted funds. But we believe that Preventing that uh, people from looting, it's more important than going after those who have already looted the funds. If you look at uh, the budget, for instance, of the Federal uh, Office of the Auditor General of the Federation, you see that in the last 10 years, it has never gone beyond 1.5 billion to 3 billion naira. 
Whereas if you see the budget of the ICPC and the EFCC, you will see it is almost times five or times four, five, six of that fund. And in most cases, when you just oppose that with what has been recovered in the last five years, in the last 10 years, you start wondering which one will have been most effective. So the Auditor General's office, both at the federal and the state level, needed to be strengthened. And unfortunately, at the federal level, the current uh, law that is guiding the audit process, it's pre-independence ordinance that was enacted in 1958 or thereabout, which is obsolete, which does not address current issues, which does not even provide the enabling environment for the Office of the General to be able to function effectively. So there have been series of advocacy across the country in the past uh, 15 or 20 years. I remember in 20, 2003, that was when the first audit amendment process started. It was passed by the National Assembly, the fifth National Assembly there, but unfortunately, President Tulisha Gobasanjok will not ascend to that bill due to maybe certain uh, reservations. And since then, this advocacy has continued, but we are glad that in the eighth assembly, the National Assembly took the bill by the hand once again and passed that bill. Like uh, Shegun said, unfortunately, uh, the president could not ascend to that bill. And up till this moment, we can only speculate what the reasons were. But the National Assembly, to be fair to the National Assembly, they have already taken the bill and they did what was expected of them. But unfortunately, the presidency could not ascend to it. And in the Ninth Assembly, I'm aware that the National Assembly has already taken the process further. Uh, the House of Reps, I remember, reintroduced that bill before the lockdown, and it was referred to the Committee of the Whole because it was a bill that was passed in the last assembly. The Senate is also taking similar measures to do that. But like Shagun said, we are hearing, not sure yet, but there are efforts also within the presidency to work with the National Assembly to reintroduce the bill. But until that comes, we may not be able to say that. It's to say that the fight against corruption can never succeed if mechanisms that are aimed at deterring fraud, corruption, are not strengthened, which basically recognized by the Constitution is the office of the General of the Federation and the States. As it is today, let me also add that as it is today, the Auditor General, which is supposed to audit and hold the executive to account, does not have independent source of funding. It depends on the executive for funding. So I am not sure how the executive who you are supposed to oversee, who you are supposed to hold accountable, will be able to fund you to perform that function. So they depend, and so funding to that agency is very, very weak. Also, the staffing. The Auditor General's office does not have professional cadre of staffing. They still depend on the Civil Service Commission for their staffing. So if you are not independent, you are not autonomous, how can the Office of the General, which is a supreme audit institution, be able to perform its function if it does not enjoy some level of autonomy? So the whole advocacy is to create some level of autonomy for that office so that they can, without fear or favor, perform their function that they are expected to perform. The recognition of that, the Constitution specifically provides that the Office of the General shall not be subject to the control of any other authority. They are not subjected to the control of the President, they are not subjected to the control of the, uh, the legislature, but they only submit their findings to the legislature for necessary action. But because they don't have access, they, they are not independent financially and administratively, they are hamstrung and they are deliberately weakened and they are not able to perform their function. I think I will stop at this point and maybe allow others to make contribution.
Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. That was a really robust response um, on the matter. Um, so, Shago, again, we'll just give you a few more minutes as well to share, you know, um, like Samutu has said, there's so much importance to the bill. So, again, in, in, in a few minutes, what also do you think is important that this bill is passed? And then what are the next steps for the bill? What's, what's, what's going on? What's happening next? If you can share some updates to that regard for us. I don't think there's any more updates to share again. Uh, John has spoken everything. <laughs> he's, shared, he's shared virtually everything about uh, why the bill is so important. Uh, and it's touched very well on, uh, on how the bill uh, it is supposed to tell on the work that the Auditor General does. Uh, the only thing I could add to that, uh, which I don't think uh, is something that he hasn't said, I mean, is the fact that um, there is no, uh, you know, fight against corruption. If we don't empower the, the supreme audit institution of the country, uh, that is the foremost accountability institution. Uh, you know, there is the global advocacy around strengthening office of the Auditor General across the world, not just in Nigeria. Uh, just two days ago, I was at a global event uh, trying to make a push for uh, independence of the Office of the Auditor General across different countries, particularly in Africa. And it touched, uh, and it was organized by the International uh, Organization for Supreme Audit Institution. So, uh, and then uh, you could see the work that Somalia is doing, fantastic work, and they're expecting their own audit bill to be signed by their president any moment from now. Uh, of course, you have, uh, you have um, South Africa has a modern audit law. Kenya has a modern audit law. Uh, all of these countries, uh, you know, have, you know, smaller African countries have modern audit laws. Uh, but when you come to the big brother in Africa, Nigeria, there's no, you know, there's, there's nothing recent. Uh, like what John said, uh, the United States audit act can sadly not tackle current and, uh, corruption challenges. So it is then uh, important uh, to, to ensure that this bill is passed. As to where we are, yeah, John has, has made, made mention of that, where we are. Uh, what is left now is for these stakeholders to harmonize their effort, whether the executive needs to bring something to the table, uh, whether the parliament needs to make, uh, push something forward. All of these stakeholders need to you know, do what they need to do and do it you know, fast because uh, corruption, uh, it's something. Uh, it's something that is ongoing, and it's 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 pacing forward on a daily basis. And the cost of corruption is not just as to whether funds are mismanaged; it also have a real cost on in different parts of the country. So that's why it's important to quickly get this effort going uh, from the executive to the parliament, so the parliament can then get it uh, done fast and then pass it on to the executive for assent, and then we can then have a better environment uh, to improve in you know, a public finance management in Nigeria. Thank you. Thank you very much, Shagun. Um, it seems like progress is still being made, and because of all the points you've made, um, I hope our listeners are also inspired to see how how this question around the audit bill and the audit um, audit office and the audit itself is so important in the fight against corruption. Um, so I'll go back to Mr. Mutu. What what do you think now at this point can be done to better ensure participation of citizens and media, um, CSOs and other stakeholders to engage these institutions towards achieving this bill? 
Okay, thank you so much, uh, Ferami. Once again, let me just add before I move to that, that uh, Shagun mentioned other African countries, but let's even come back to Nigeria. Just recently, when this advocacy was going on, we facilitated in one of the conference of the Auditor General of the Federation and those of the states, we facilitated this process where states came to also learn from the Federal Office of the Auditor General on this uh, same bill. Kogi State picked it up from there. Right now, Kogi State has uh, passed, uh, Kogi State has a modern audit bill that was passed in 2019 and assented to by the governor. Lagos State have also amended their audit bill. It's been assented to. Kano State has also picked it up. That as these are states that have picked up from where the initiative of the of the general of the federation. But the federal government has not been able to amend its own or maybe come up with a modern audit. So it's not just happening in Africa, it's also happening in Nigeria. So it's important for the federal government to be able to also make sure that this bill is passed within the shortest possible time. Equally important is also a constitutional challenge. And you've, I'm sure you've had a lot of, a lot of push and uh, pushback from the National Assembly where they've been inviting most of these big uh, uh, revenue generating agencies, NNPC, uh, the FRS, Customs, Central Bank, and all that. These are huge revenue generating agencies that have not been able to submit their audit reports to the National Assembly. And the reason why this is happening is because the Constitution under Section 85 that establishes the Office of the General inadvertently restricted the Office of the General from auditing the uh, account of statutory agencies. Rather, they are only empowered to audit accounts of MDAs. And these statutory corporations are the biggest earners and spenders of money. More than 50% of the revenues generated in this country are spent by these agencies. But they are not audited. But what the Constitution only says is that the, these agencies shall appoint independent auditors from a list provided by the Auditor General of the Federation to audit their own accounts. It means that the man who pays the piper is dictating the tone. CBN is appointing an auditor to come and audit it, and they will be the one to pay that auditor. How do you think that auditor will be able to submit a negative report against the CBN who is paid? Then you will never get your money. In the 1979 constitution, the Auditor General audits all agencies, both ministries, department agents, and statutory corporation. But in the 1999 constitution, I don't know what happened. That power was removed from the Auditor General, and they are now barred from doing this. So that is why you see that the National Assembly, the Public Accounts Committee in recent time have been conducting status inquiry into these big spenders, and that is where corruption really, really takes place. So going forward, we are proposing that the Constitution, now that the Constitutional Amendment process has started, the Constitutional Amendment, there must be a Constitutional Amendment that removes that limitation and allow the Office of the General to audit all government, corporations, and institutions so that at least there will be proper accountability. There will be, pro and the only way they can do that is if the office is properly empowered through this law, empowered with sufficient funding, sufficient manpower, training, capacity building, and the right structure for them to be able to perform that, that function. It's one area that we are appealing to Nigerian civil society media and all that to join this advocacy, to continue to champion this issue, and get Mr. President, who means well for this country, 
for the National Assembly, who means well for this country, to expedite this process and carry out these far-reaching reforms. We just had recently that the Federal Executive Council has approved a new agency to manage uh, proceeds of crime. By the time you, you add the investment in this proceeds of crime agency, the ICPC, the police, the EFCC, you'll be spending so much money chasing people who have stolen money when you needed to spend just 2% to strengthen the agency and institutions that are supposed to act as safeguards that will be watching on a daily basis, on a quarterly basis, on a monthly basis, and on a yearly basis to ensure that people don't steal at all. We are not expecting that it will cure the entire fraud crisis, but it will reduce this to the barest minimum if these offices are adequately empowered. And they collaborate effectively with the other uh, anti-corruption agencies working together, the corruption will be reduced to the barest minimum. So we are calling on the media, civil society, Nigerians to join this advocacy and continue to uh, impress on Mr. President and the National Assembly to give this bill accelerated passage. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, sir. So lastly, um, um, both of you have been working in terms of advocacy and lobbying towards bringing this audit bill to fruition. Uh, so what lessons can you share with us on the journey? What has been key to note on the journey towards getting the bill passed, um, working with government agencies and the likes? So I, I think, uh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Oh, uh, Shogun, you'll be leading on that work, so I'd rather yield the floor to you to maybe take that first, then I can, <laughs> I can join you. Okay, okay, thank you, thank you. So, so I think, I think that, um, yes, it's been fantastic uh, experience, uh, particularly, you know, working with Pell, uh, you know, who's, you know, provided so much, uh, you know, foundational support, like I always say, for the advocacy. Uh, facilitating institutional engagement relating with both, uh, you know, people in the executive as well as uh, in, in, in the legislative arm of government. So I, I think it's been fantastic. I think uh, what, what I would say it's been the, the major challenge. Uh, it's that um, uh, the key stakeholders are not well coordinated. Uh, for instance, uh, the, the, the challenge we had with the previous bill that was passed, if you have better coordination, uh, amongst the stakeholders, uh, we, I'm sure we will not be in the position we are in right now. We probably have had the office of the Attorney General for the Federation, uh, the Ministry of Finance, you know, work very closely with the Auditor General's office as well as you know uh, the Public Account Committees of both houses, uh, the House of Reps and the Senate, to come up with a common position that is presentable to the President for asset. Uh, we wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have had that kind of disconnection where you know some stakeholders you know had worked vigorously to getting the bill passed and then forward into the executive and then at the end of the day it wasn't assented to. So I think that is the kind of you know common position that we now want to adopt this time around, so that there is no disconnection whatsoever in the cycle. Every uh, of the stakeholders you know is important. The office of the Attorney General is important to making contribution to the bill and reaching and getting us, you know, uh, something that is globally accepted, presenting it, and then the executive, co uh, the executive coming with their own position and saying that, okay, this and this and this, whatever modification they, 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 they would like to be adopted. And then the, uh, the parliament also, you know, using their uh, legislative experience uh, to say, okay, this is what we feel is best for the country. 
and all of these stakeholders agreeing to one thing, one content, such that once he leaves the parliament, he goes to the executive and to the president, the president will not have any issue. I think that but working with all of these stakeholders has been you know, very interesting. I think uh, we've learned a lot, but I think uh, one of the major challenges that we were able to pinpoint is that there was no better coordination. I think this time around there will be uh, you know, better coordination. Thank you, Shelly. Okay, if I can come in here, Ferami, uh, I think Shegun, who has been leading on this work, has done a really, really marvelous job at uh, engaging with stakeholders and facilitating that collaboration. The only part I will want to add is a key learning for me through this engagement. We've come to understand some of the bottlenecks that had inhibited the audit process. And one of it is I want to liken the audit process as a relay. It's a relay process which starts from the Accountant General of the Federation who is expected to submit the accounts, right, to the Office of the Director General. The Director General, based on the accounts that were submitted by the Accountant General, does its own due diligence consultation, invites uh, uh, responsible persons to come and maybe give clarification and defend some of the issues contained in the accounts. Once he is done, he's expected to submit the audits or its reports in an annual audit report through the National Assembly, right? It is when he submits this to the National Assembly, the National Assembly refers it to the Public Accounts Committee, which the constitution recognized as the account in charge of public account, a committee in charge of public accounts. The public account is supposed to conduct its investigation, conduct public hearings, invite people who are indicted or who are accused or are alleged to have committed infractions. At the end of the day, the Public Accounts Committee is expected to lay a report to the larger house in plenary. The National Assembly, the larger house is supposed to consider these Public Accounts Committee's reports and submit or make resolutions to their appropriate authorities for enforcement or compliance. Once there is a drop in any of this, uh, in this relay, the whole essence of the audit process is defeated. I'll give an example. The Auditor General submitted, the last audit report that was submitted was that of 2000, I think the 2018 or 2018 audit report is, has been submitted, or the 2017 audit report has been 2017. submitted. 2017, even though the Auditor General is also in arrears, by now we should have been talking about 2019 audit report that has been submitted, but at least they've submitted up to 2017. The question is that the Public Accounts Committee or the National Assembly, how many of these reports have they considered and laid before the, uh, the, 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 the national, the, the whole uh, in plenary? How many of these reports are plenary considered and resolutions sent to the appropriate quarters? I remember in towards the end of the eighth assembly, the House of Representatives Committee considered that of the 2012, 2013, 2014 report and submitted those and made uh, resolutions were made on this report and were sent to the executive for, 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 for necessary actions. How many of these resolutions that were passed have been complied with. How many of these people, because if the executive does not implement those resolutions, the last mile, the objective is still not achieved. So what we are asking is that Nigerians must be interested. And I like, I, I was given an example to the Office of the General and the National Assembly in one of our meetings. And I said, I will want, and that will be my concluding remark, I will want to liken this to a police or a custom officer who sent his words to the border to go and man the border. And they intercepted a vehicle 
that has contrabands that are trying to smuggle items into that. They arrested that way. The people tried to bribe the custom officers, made a lot of uh, advance to them, but they rejected it. They said, no, we are very, very patriotic Nigerians and ins ins insisted that this vehicle be impounded and took it to their office. Went to their boss and submitted, uh, made a report that this is a vehicle we caught with contrabands and all that. And the boss said, thank you so much for doing this. Go back to your duty post. And they went back, not quite an hour, they saw the same vehicle that they impounded, take, took to the office, drove past them, and the guy got to them, blew on them, and waved at them, thank you, and left. Means that the vehicle that they impounded has been released by their boss, which means they refused to compromise. They suffered all the threats, all the reasons, and insisted on doing the right thing. But the boss collected the bribe and released the vehicle. So the question is that tomorrow, if these same people at the border see another vehicle, a contraband, what do you think they will do? They will definitely collect money and allow the vehicle to pass because if they take it to the bus, it will not do anything. So rather, why shouldn't they take their own uh, piece of uh, cake and allow corruption to continue? And this is what happens. If you know what the auditor goes through to insist that the proper thing be done, if you know what the officer the general goes through to hold people to insist that you committed infractions and insist after all the inducements, they insist on due process. And at the end of the day, they submit their report to the National Assembly for act, proper action. The National Assembly also, maybe whatever compromise on the way, all refused to take action. It means all the sacrifices that the Office of the General has made has gone in vain. In the same way, if in the National Assembly during all the public hearings, they were also tempted with inducements or they were they refused to compromise. And they insist on doing the right and submit the report. And the resolutions were passed. Once the executive refused to implement, also the sacrifices they all made have gone. So next year, everybody will say, look, if you don't, this is just a waste of time. Collect as much as you can collect because nothing will happen at the end of the day. So that is why I keep insisting it's a relay. And Nigerians must insist on the rights the thing. Until we hold these people to account, we will not be able to achieve the objective of the audit process. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much, sir. We really appreciate all your contributions today. And, and I believe everyone who has listened is far more educated on um, the audit process and the audit bill as well. Um, so for final comments, Shegun, you can add any final comments you have, but also please remind our listeners how they can follow PLSI's um, activities on, on social media. Yeah, I thank you very much, Faramir. Uh, I think my final comments would be that um, as many as are listening to the podcast uh, should join us, join effort with us to continue to make push uh, for a modern audit law without which uh, the fight against corruption uh, would certainly be uh, a joke. Uh, if we're able to you know, collaborate together with citizens uh, and they all come together to the fold to make this push, then uh, we can be rest assured that the public finance management environment uh, will be better for it. And then again is the fact that uh, uh, we're, we're working with an, on an initiative now with the Office of the Secretary for the Federation on the citizen participatory audits, and uh, we'll expect that this will uh, help to make the audit process more inclusive uh, as it should be. So uh, as many as are listening to the podcast should wait for some of these updates. Uh, to follow us, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at PLS Initiative. 
Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook on the same handle at PLS Initiative. And then, of course, our website is uh, www.plsinitiative.org. All of these platforms are available uh, and you can visit to reach us. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, Shagun. Uh, Mr. Mutu as well, please, can you let our listeners know how they can follow your activities as well? Uh, I think we are more or less providing technical support to civil society organizations. We work behind the scene. We work with the legislature behind the scene. Like I said, it's a loose network of influencers. Uh, we don't really advertise our work. We only try to work with people who are people like them, Shagun, people like PLSI, the National Assembly, the presidency, as well as the office of the general, continue to provide technical support, continue to mentor them and encourage them to do the right thing. So through the work of uh, PLSI and through the work of Step Up Nigeria, our output will continue to be seen. Thank you very, very much for that, sir. Uh, thank you, Shegun. Good to have had you both. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Okay.